You're listening to a mini edition of The Lively Show, episode 37. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Hey guys, welcome to another Tuesday mini edition of The Lively Show. Thank you guys so much last week for all of the support with the mini episode. I was so excited to get all of the emails and comments that you guys shared saying that you really liked this format. In fact, there was so much encouragement on it that I think I'm going to be doing it a lot more than maybe I even thought I would be doing it on Tuesdays in the future. Today is actually my last day in my 20s. Tomorrow is my 30th birthday, October 15th, and I thought I would take today to do a little reflection on my 20s and what it has taught me that I am now taking with me into my 30s. Now, of course, a lot of people listening may already be 30 or older than 30, or those may be listening that are in their 20s and might be curious. So these lessons that I've learned are not specifically unique To me, I'm sure a lot of other people have come to the same conclusions, but I just thought I'd share them in case you are interested in what I've learned over the last 10 years and also things that you could also relate to in your own life. Before I begin, I want to share a little bit for those who might be new to the podcast about what my 20s actually looked like. Looking back to when I was 20 years old, I was at the University of Michigan. I was probably in my junior or sophomore year of college going into the business school there. And I had a pretty hard journey through that college program. I wasn't a great fit for the school. I did not really enjoy it that much. It was very competitive and geared towards big corporate jobs like investment banking and accounting and a lot of things I wasn't actually interested in. I had my little jewelry business, Jess LC. I had started when I was 15 and I wanted to grow that, but I didn't really learn a lot of applicable skills. So That was the first few years of my 20s. Then I moved to Chicago and started my business full time right after graduation. I had no idea how I was going to pay the bills or what I could even afford when it came time to find an apartment. But I went through that period and kind of figured things out as I went, did a bunch of different accessories, later closed the business a few years in, had a breakup with a boyfriend I dated since college a few years into my 20s as well, probably 25 met Mr. Lively really shortly thereafter and got married in Paris. We eloped rather than having a wedding, but it was an amazing fit for us. And then eventually started business consulting for a few years, then closed that in order to do the work that I do with Life with Intention Online and eventually started this podcast. Oh, I should also say in there about six years ago, I started the blog. I'm closing in on 30 and living in Austin, Texas instead of Chicago and really loving life and and how everything has played out. There's been a lot of uncertainty and a lot of risks and highs and lows along the way, but I'm really, really grateful that up until my 30th birthday, this is where I've come from that 20-something who was pretty miserable in college. So let's look at the lessons. Number 10 is to buy nice things. This is something I learned early on in my 20s. I had this intention to create a home and a wardrobe that had nice things. I couldn't afford many nice things. So what I did was I exfoliated all the not nice stuff I could in my home and apartment. So my ratio of stuff actually went down, but the quantity or the proportion, I should say, of nice things went up. I definitely have found that that has been a huge lesson for myself. That's one I think everybody kind of learns often in their 20s to buy nice things. 
Number nine is to start difficult conversations with, I'm just going to be honest. This is something that I learned early in the first half of my 20s. I would have these situations where I'd have to talk to a friend or someone in my life or even my relationships that I'd have this difficult conversation. I would not know how to have the conversation. What I've learned over the years is I don't need to plan that conversation in great detail in my head and rehash it a million times before it's happened. What I need to do is start with, I'm just going to be honest and let my heart speak for itself. I find that when I use that phrase, I'm going to be honest before I say whatever I'm going to say, I think it helps people become in a better mindset. And I have to say, this is kind of crazy, but I haven't had a terrible outcome from using that starter for any difficult conversation. Number eight is that a setback is a setup for something better. A setback is a setup for something better. If something doesn't work out the way I wanted it to, it's actually setting me up for something better in the future. I just may not know what that is at the time. For example, the breakup that I went through in my mid-20s was a setback at the time. I was really upset. I had my timeline, like so many girls do, that when they wanted to get married and that kind of stuff, and I was right on schedule with that other relationship, and I was really upset because I thought it was messing my timeline up, if nothing else. It turned out that it actually didn't end up messing up my timeline, despite all odds, and it actually brought me to Mr. Lively. So that was a really awesome something better that was in my future. I'll say that there are definitely collections from Jess LC, my old jewelry company, that didn't go so well, but those collections that didn't fly off the shelves actually gave me room to then experiment with other products like handbags, for example. Scarves didn't do so well, but handbags did great. So I got to focus my energies on the projects and the new products that I would create into the future that were even more successful than the ones that didn't work out. And actually, they were ones that I enjoyed even more as well. And now for number seven, to get more of what you want, give more to what you have. I'll say that again, to get more of what you want, give more to what you have right now. Looking back on the company that I had, you know, I might have wanted 100 orders a week, but I was maybe only getting 10 on one really exceptionally slow week. I gave my full attention to what I had at that time, rather than lamenting and sitting there crying about the orders that I didn't have. Now, definitely, there were some huge come to Jesus moments where I didn't know what would happen next in some of those times. But I always remember to give my full attention to what I did have, because if you spend so much time thinking about what you don't have, it takes your energy away from what you have. And going forward, the ability to grow what you have is going to come from nourishing and cherishing what you have already. This is also something I took into consideration when I moved into my crappy studio apartment that I lived in. And then my boyfriend, we lived in a studio apartment together for two years. And it was not the ideal apartment. You could vacuum that whole thing with one outlet. You didn't have to unplug the vacuum. That's how small (laughs) that studio was that we lived in for two solid years together. I'll say that those crappy apartments we treated just as if they were a fancy place that we really did enjoy. So I think that the beautiful house that I have now with Mr. Lively and the apartments that I've had in more recent years are an extension of caring for what I have had in the past in order to get more of what I wanted in the future. Number six is marriage is about who you want to be in the boat with. This is something that I learned through the decision to marry Mr. Lively. I'll share a little link to a post that I wrote around that time that tells the story. But basically, I was expecting some Charleston 
Charleston, is that how you say his name? Heston's voice to come down from the mountains and say, Jess, you should be with Mr. Lively. And I didn't have that happen. I never got that voice. I don't know if other people do, but I didn't get it. And I was really frustrated that I didn't have it. So for a few months, I was sitting there going crazy, kind of trying to figure out if I should marry him or not. My intuition, it never gave me that yes or no to him specifically. So eventually what I realized was marriage is about who you want to be in the boat with. It's about learning to be more unconditionally loving and accepting. And if we can bring that to our marriages, then hopefully we can bring that to our children. And by bringing that within our families, hopefully we can bring that outside of our families as well. So I feel for me, the reason I'm in a long-term marriage relationship is to learn to become more unconditionally loving. With that in mind, I've realized that it wasn't so much who I was picking, that wasn't the big point. The point was, what is the lesson I'm here to learn in that situation? And then I get to choose, basically, who I wanted to be in the boat with. And my intuition told me I will partially pick him for ego reasons, and I will partially pick him for not ego reasons. But the point isn't that there is just one person. The point is that you're just trying to find the person you would like to learn that lesson with. And once I had that clarity, it became quite simple. Of course, I wanted to be in the boat with Mr. Lively. That was something that I learned and is something that I keep in mind even today when things get difficult in our relationship. Something to think about, and obviously everyone has their own lessons in marriage, but that's just the one that I learned in my 20s. Number five is all the stuff and goals in the world won't bring you joy or fulfillment. This is something that I've learned throughout the years with the successes of my businesses is that the stuff and the goals that I achieve do not bring me joy and fulfillment in and of themselves. That comes from values and living with them in the present moment. I've actually devoted a whole course to this. So if you're interested, hop over to Life with Intention online. But I'll just say the stuff doesn't make you happy. We kind of all know that. But even the doing, even the goals, even that action that we take in and of itself is empty if it's not being acted upon because of a value. That was a huge lesson that I learned actually in the more recent years. And I'm so excited to be you know, working with my students with in Life with Intention Online. Number four is just because you're good at it doesn't mean you should keep doing it. If you've been following my blog for the last six years, you've probably really learned about me. I am someone who can do a great job with a lot of things, but does not mean that I'm going to keep doing that same thing forever. It just doesn't work that way. I did business consulting and had a great success with that. People really loved it and I helped a lot of business owners. But the minute my gut told me to do the next thing, I let it go. And also I did the hotel project and designed the hotel lobby before I moved from Chicago. And again, it was a great project. I did a great job with it. It could have become a career if I wanted to make it one, but it wasn't what my gut told me to do, so it wasn't worth continuing. I'm no longer ever feeling that guilt that, you know, oh my God, I was so good at this. People want me to do this. They expect me to do this. I should keep doing it. I have no interest in that. I am far more interested in listening to what my gut tells me to do and following it wholeheartedly. Number three, uncertainty doesn't get easier. You just get more comfortable with dealing with it. This is something that, especially for the new business owners out there, it can feel terrifying because business is so uncertain and it's something that's been a part of my own career, my entire career, because I've only been self-employed and always had to deal with the uncertainty of, is there gonna be enough money to pay the rent? Is there gonna be enough orders to provide for my family, et cetera? 
It doesn't go away, guys. And that's just uncertainty in a business sense. But there's uncertainty in everything. Even a relationship has uncertainty because everything deals with the future. And the future is, by nature, uncertain. What I've learned, especially through the experience with the business, is that uncertainty doesn't get easier. You just get more comfortable dealing with the uncertainty that's there. It's kind of like walking on a tightrope. Whether you have, you know, 10 feet below you or 2,000 feet below you, it doesn't really matter. You just have to become better at walking on that rope. That's where the focus needs to be. The stakes feel higher as you go, and the uncertainty gets bigger when the waves and the, the business grows. So the point isn't someday it won't bother you. It's just to get better and more comfortable with dealing with the uncertainty that will always be there whenever we're dealing with something in the future. And number two is to cultivate a private victory. This is something I did in the second half of my 20s, and I really wish, I would be fascinated actually, if I could go back to the early 20s, give myself this wisdom, and really see myself for 10 years cultivate this habit in my life. The private victory comes from the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. He basically was my mentor through reading. And he talks about in the seventh habit in his book about cultivating a private victory, which is a one hour devotion in your day to three areas of your life, your mental, spiritual, and physical self. So you can spend the 60 minutes however you'd like, but you divide it among those three areas, mental, physical, and spiritual. I started doing this a few years ago with Mr. Lively and have continued to do it regularly It doesn't have to be the same thing every day. It's just about finding what works for you. Some people like to listen to podcasts or walk the dog while listening to a podcast about something spiritual, (laughs) or you could go to a yoga class and that's spiritual and physical and then read a book on business or a nonfiction book. However you want to slice it, I think it really does open a huge door for people because often we're good at some areas of our life. We're really strong in probably two of those three areas, but it's that third one that when you can create this private victory, you really even out your focus and growth in all three areas. That has been huge for me. All the books you guys hear me talk about come from my own habit. I just spend 15 minutes reading in the morning from a nonfiction book, 15 minutes in the morning reading from a spiritual book. And sometimes I'm actually reading more than 15 minutes. Sometimes it's a little less. It's really huge, guys. I'd really suggest creating your own private victory habit if it seems interesting for you and find what works for you. And last but not least, lesson number one. I'm guessing that about 50% of you right now are going to guess what this one is just from listening to me and knowing me. It is trust your gut. I can't say any more than that for what I've learned in my 20s. More than anything, trusting my gut has been huge. I have not followed it in the past and only been upset and frustrated and angry and basically wasting my time trying to do things that my ego decided I should do. And really, if I could just cut to the chase and if I could, I wouldn't say I would want to go back in time, but if I could, I would just ask myself at every big crossroads, ask your gut, follow it. Don't sit here rationalizing and trying to overanalyze things. Go with what your gut tells you to do because the outcome might seem uncertain. You may not know what's going to happen by following it, but if it comes from your gut, it comes from a place that's far more wise than you are actually in this moment. If you have that faith and you can just keep going and keep following that voice, everything's going to be amazing. 
That is something that I'm going to lean into even more in my 30s. And I thank you guys so much. And I will see you on Thursday with a new episode of The Lively Show. And in the meantime, I'm going to take a little time off tomorrow to enjoy what has become the third decade of my life. Have a great week. 